Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) You've stumbled onto a dark corner of the internet, where this is the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. This podcast happens every Saturday on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbay, Castroller, or wherever fine podcasts are found. You can also find us on our website, which is saturdaynightfreakshow.blogspot.com, where you can find all of our past archived episodes, and you can talk to us on facebook.com slash saturdaynightfreakshow, or on Twitter, where we're at satfreakshow. You're listening to the internet radio superstars, Gary, Sean, and I'm Colin, and every week we watch a movie. And then we sit down immediately thereafter and drink ourselves silly and talk about it for your edification and enjoyment. Tonight, Sean picked the movie. Sean, what do we watch? Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive from the year 1980, what did you say, 6? 86, 30 years old this year. Yep. And it was directed by who? Directed by Stephen King, his first and only film that he directed. All right. Has he written other ones? Oh, God, yes. Mm. Well, he's written adaptations of his own stuff, uh, and he's also written screenplays, like Sleepwalkers, I yeah. want to say, was written. There's no prior book. Uh, Storm of the Century, I want to say a TV sh- movie miniseries, yes. was written specifically for that medium. Was it Rose? Uh, Rose, Rose Red? Red? Rose, Rose Red. Red. Rose yeah. Red, yeah. Yeah, so he's he has a history of writing stuff specifically for you know uh, uh, motion pictures and adapting his own stuff. I think he adapted like Silver Bullet, Pet Cemetery, and a number of his other movies. So I suppose we should talk a little bit about Stephen King here Stephen to get King. into this because this is the first time that Stephen a Stephen King movie has been featured on our show. Yeah, and he is a titan of eighties, specifically eighties. I think. Or late seventies, early eighties, you know, all through the eighties horror. Yeah. I mean, he's still writing today, but and he's still getting adapted today. I want to say. I mean, there's like mm-hmm. the Haven TV shows on Under the Dome. Under the Dome was on, canceled, but on eleven twenty two sixty three is coming out a mini series on Hulu mm-hmm. from one of his latest books. That'll be out soon. But it doesn't seem like today. His name, I mean, now he's just kind of, you know, the elder statesman of literary horror. Yes. Whereas in the 70s and 80s, there was a fucking He, he was the, the face of literary horror back then. I mean, that's if, – if you really – who else was matched with him at that point? Barker, possibly. Well, yeah, but he came about – during Stephen King's, right. you know, tenure as the king of horror, I think he was, right? Yeah, king, yeah, yeah, king yeah. We can say horror. that. Yeah, I think it's been applied to him before. Yeah, yeah, it had to have been. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he broke on the scene. I think uh, it was like Carrie was his first novel, if I remember correctly, and then like everything, and it was quickly ad- ad- adapted into a movie. I, I think that was what made it. You know, that whole thing kind of caught fire at that time because he wrote the book in like 76. Mm -hmm. I want to say the movie was like 77 or 77, 78, somewhere around there. I want to say it was put into, made into a movie before it was actually published. So they were making the film. Well, and, and and then Firestarter was after that, right? Oh, God, yes. That was Drew Barrymore Firestarter. It was made into a movie in 84. Yeah. But I mean, the phenomenon. 
you know, I mean, I know when you have, I guess your first movie is made by Brian De Palma. Mm. And again, Brian De Palma wasn't really, I don't think, a big name at that point. That Carrie was the movie that made him a mm. big name. You know, I mean, he had done four movies, Phantom of the Paradise and uh, well, well, Obsession. and I noticed some some connections too that he had with horror as well. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember the movie uh, Romero did, uh, Night Riders. Yeah, Stephen King's yeah. the yokel in the crowd, mm-hmm. making fun of the guys on the motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, almost like his Jordy or what was it, the Jordy from Creepshow? Was yeah. Night Riders made after Creepshow? No, I don't think so. Because I remember, you know, a, a period of time when George Romero and Stephen King, I mean, they were like the two, you know, they were, because, I mean, you have to remember, listener, it's like, you know, now we think of like Wes Craven and John Carpenter and, you know, all these guys as like, you know, the heroes of the genre. But I guess they were still finding their footing at this period of time, you know, and so it was like George Romero and Stephen King, when they teamed up for Creep Show, which was another yeah. thing that he wrote, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the screen, I think based on some previously written uh, short stories. But uh, that was like a big, big deal. These two, like, you know, big horror guys were coming together to make this thing. But, you know, you think of like his early career trajectory going from like book to movie. Carrie's made by Brian De Palma. Uh, Salem's Lot is adapted by Toby Hooper, who is coming off the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, and The Shining. Yeah. Is made by Stanley fucking Kubrick, which, you right. know, I mean, that's like a huge leap. You know? Right. It keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you know the name Stephen King, I think, you know, uh, just was in pop made? culture. Uh, John Carpenter made the movie in 1983. Okay. Um, but that was another, like, team. You know, you're going to take the guy who made Halloween yeah. and couple him with, with Stephen King. Stephen right. King. Yeah. And you're going to have this thing. Um, at some point... In this period, I remember um, there was a, a Italian producer, Dino De Laurentiis, who was known throughout the 60s and the 70s. He did like Barbarella. I want to say he was maybe involved in some of the disaster movies. Those are all Irwin Allen, right? Mm, most of them. De Laurentiis did King Kong. Did he? You remember that? The uh, the uh, Jessica Lange, Jeff Bridges, yeah, King Kong. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That was like a huge deal for 1976. I remember because he was one of those guys who had like the larger than life personality. Yeah. He had a yacht, you know, <laughs> and he'd spend like a fortune making these movies. And he, I think, not single handedly, but contributed to the fact that like Stephen King had a movie coming out every fucking year. Because De Laurentiis like bought every single thing that this guy wrote and turned them into movies, right. whether they were good or not. Mm. <laughs> or not. <laughs> but like everything that Stephen King wrote, uh, you know, Hollywood would come looking. Yeah. I mean, Children of the Corn was like a tiny little, you know, short story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look where that's at. Yeah. I mean, now it's like it seems like everybody, at least if you live in the Midwest, everybody's seen fucking Children of the sure. Corn. Sure. It's, it's like, not, I live near corn. Right? This might be scary. It's not no. a very good movie. But, no. I mean, you know, it's, it's held. Cat's Eye was his as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That was, uh, that was I'm going to say, around this time, 86, and that was Dino De Laurentiis. Firestarter was yeah. Dino De Laurentiis. What year was it? The novel, I think, was maybe 86. The movie was like, or the, the TV the, miniseries yeah. was 90, I think, somewhere in there. I mean, I just remember it was like, you know, he, there was Arnold Schwarzenegger was out every goddamn year. He was the and biggest a, and a Stephen King movie. movie 
and there was a Stephen King movie mm-hmm. or two or three. You know, Graveyard. Oh, we shift, almost forgot Dead Zone, Pet Cemetery, The Dead, Dead Zone, Zone, David Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they just seem to be like being churned out almost. And you wonder, like, you know, when you look back, like, how many of those were actually like good? Cujo, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of them. So, I mean, you got to sift through them. I remember as a as a teenager that scene in Salem's Lot with the kid floating outside the window. That's yeah. that was yeah. one of the creepiest scenes yeah. when I was younger. I remember that. That's always stuck with me. That was a really cool uh, scene. <laughs> have you ever gone back and watched that to see if it's still? Yeah, it doesn't. But <laughs> but then it did. But when you're a kid, yeah, you know, that's a fucking nightmarish yeah moment. Well, in uh, 1986, I guess uh, Stephen King was given, you know, De Laurentiis said, you know, as your evolution here as a, a writer, Silver Bullet was 85, right? That was 85. Another Dean De Laurentiis yeah. production. Stephen yeah. King wrote it. So I was like, all right, Steve, let's uh, <laughs> let's put you behind the camera. What would be better than a Stephen, like a Stephen King movie? Right. He can write them. Directed can, by Stephen This is directed King. by Stephen This would be the ultimate. This is a guy who has no experience now. No, uh, at uh, at directing a film. But you figure at some point they're going to give it to him. Just be like, here, you do one. We'll yeah. see what happens. Well, it's interesting to me that like, as a, a guy who's known as you know a writer, right? I mean, some of the things we look back at Stephen King and say that he does well is characterizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, he's got these reoccurring themes, I guess, where it's like a, he draws up these characters and they have to make a stand against evil. You know, they, you're either trapped in a small location, be the smallest is, I suppose, the car in Cujo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, you know, you see like the mist, the grocery store and the mist, the truck stop in, uh, in the maximum overdrive. Textile mill and graveyard shift. Yep. And yeah. there's also the misery. Do you imagine misery? Yeah, right. Yeah. Misery, yeah. yeah. A bed. Yeah. Ugh, that still makes my head every time I think of that movie. They're doing that as a play right now on Broadway. Mm. It's got Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce and, Willis. Uh, is, yeah, yeah. Laurie yeah. Metcalf in it. Oh, that'd be good, Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. I'd see that. As Annie Wilkes, we yeah. got to go out to New York. Fuck. Boom. Happening right, there. Right. It's not going to go on for very much longer, no. actually. Um, but it, it always did kind of strike me as funny. It's like, you know, here's a guy who's known for, you know, making these scary uh, books, you know. And his opportunity to, do, to direct, he chooses to do a comedic route. Right, right. Because I remember the trailer for this movie yeah. says, like, I'm going to, I'm Stephen King and I'm going to scare the hell out of you. He's standing in front of the Green Goblin in the trailer, <laughs> the Green Goblin truck. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. So it's sold to you as a horror movie. Definitely. Between that, the the poster, yeah. which the one I saw, I don't know if this is the one. It's it's uh, uh, a semi truck with somebody like wrapped in the grill. That was one of the ones I saw. I don't know if that's the cover of the of the fucking thing, but uh, the new one I think, like uh, uh, we were talking about earlier, it's got the crack in the grill. It just it's a regular semi truck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of I'm betting they lost the licensing to that. that <laughs> the Green Goblin. Green Goblin. Sure. Yeah. Oh, especially at this now point, Marvel. Yeah. Marvel is very protective about their stuff. Well, Sony would have it because that's a that's a Spider Man <laughs> thing. Right, so right, that would yeah. be with Sony now, not Marvel. Yeah. But it seemed that Sony was pretty okay with things with the well, Green Goblin up. and the uh, Walkman killing people in this movie. Well, yeah. they wouldn't have owned the Green Goblin at this point because I right. think that this point. 
Marvel, uh, their movie output consisted of like The Punisher, the one with Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Yeah. There was a company so called it was Dwayne non-existent. First. The Fantastic Four? Yeah, the Fantastic Four. Well, that was, I want to say, early 90s. Was it? That one was early 90s. Yeah, and there was a Jesus. Captain America, which was like... There was. Rep Brown. Like that. You yeah. wait for that one, listener, to come. That one's that one might be next, actually. I, I've got it if you need to borrow yeah, it. Yeah. I think, yeah. We might, yeah. You're coming back for that one, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, so I'm guessing that they didn't have like, you know, whatever. They, I mean, their their licensing uh, thing was in such disarray. They were just selling it off. Well, like the you got to figure that's the era where they were having a lot of financial problems. So they were probably, hey, well, yeah, you want to borrow it here? Give us, a, give us, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> give us a grand and yeah. uh, you can take, take the head. We'll make Stan drive the truck. <laughs> right. <Stanley. laughs> yeah. In your Stephen King movie. Um, did any of you guys ever read the story this is based on? Trucks? Trucks. No. Now, I was trying to remember. I'm like, the only image that I have in my mind, really, of that story is the narrator. It happens at a truck stop. Trucks, you know, come to life. And he's, like, worried about the blisters on his hands because he's having to fuel these. Yeah. That is a a line of trucks that goes back into, uh, you know, the highway or whatever. I now know what Stephen King is afraid of. It's blisters because that's a reoccurring thing. It's in some of the Bachman books too. The uh, Dolan's Cadillac about working on the highway, getting yeah. blisters yeah. on your yeah. hands, yeah. And, and the long walk, getting the blisters. Yeah, now yeah. we know what Stephen King is afraid of: blisters. He fucking yeah. hates blisters. And apparently, autonomous machines. Yeah. How yeah. many times is and the lawnmower man? Yeah. Uh, the mangler. The mangler at the uh, at Christine. The, yeah. Well, that laundry mat where that happened was actually in another book. That's why I like his his writing because you can see locations. The blue ribbon laundry is in another mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And and different characters will make their way through the story. So I, I do like the way he weaves his universe together. With yes. all yeah. That. Yeah. But Castle Rock and Derry and all the locations. There. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Doesn't he have a new one, Mister Mercedes? Isn't that about a guy who kills people with a car? Oh, I don't know. Down with the Mercedes. We forgot it. No, he, he mentioned, I mentioned you, it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you just said it. Well, that was but, his okay. epic. There was the stand yeah. and it. Stand, I think we're like yeah, the two yeah. big, you know, series. Yeah, which well, is I mean, my even the the books. You know, I mean, when the stand came out, this because the stand was written somewhere around the time of like those first four or so novels. I think mm-hmm. it was like Carrie. The Shining, The Stand, and I don't know if it was like Firestarter, Cujo, or Christine. You know what I mean? Like somewhere in that initial period uh, in the early 70s or late 70s before like, you know, Pet Cemetery. I think it was early 80s that he, he wrote it and, you know, uh, trying to think of like immediately what came out of Tommy Knockers and all that stuff starts yeah. after that. Yeah. And then It, I think, was another. But those were massive books. I just remember right. being like, holy yeah. fuck. Well, and, like, then, yeah. and then like truck. Well, I mean, then you start looking at the short stories that were adapted, like you were saying, trucks, uh, the Night Flyer from Nightmares and Dreamscape. Oh, yeah. Flyer, they went yeah. after everything. Yeah. I think yeah. everything in, uh, in like Night Shift or different seasons. Well, no, all three, three out of four of the different seasons have been made. Right. Uh, He's got to be the most adapted author, I would think, ever. Right? Yeah, it has to be the sheer number of things. Yeah, and even in like you know television, they did like the Nightmare on Nightmare and Dreamscapes Mm -hmm. TV series, which adapted most of the stories out of that book. Golden Years. Yeah, (laughs) it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah, still doing it. The mark that this guy has left on popular culture just cannot be uh, overstated, I guess. But, uh, um. 
but still, you know, it like, you know, it, it brings us to maximum overdrive. I mean, just from like, you know, the idea, the concept of this movie mm. is that uh, Earth flies or a comet flies close to Earth and we're caught in the tail of the comet. Mm-hmm. And because of that, somehow uh, machines gain intelligence. Yeah. It's not really explained other than that. No, not at all. And the <laughs> and the boundaries of what can be controlled are a little vague. Yeah, twitchy. Is, is it just yeah. machines with uh, electrical or can anything? Because at one point, like, the fucking sprinkler is going on the street. Yeah, that was pop on off. Me, it's like, yeah. well, yeah. it seems a little farther. I'm thinking if the sprinklers can get you, going to the bathroom is out of the question. Yeah. Because I mean, you're getting yeah. taken out. Well, yeah. and then and then uh, the the car that the young married couple were driving, mm. it wasn't taken over. Mm. But then were I thought, any, were but any then, cars? Like actually the smaller, just cars. I, it was only trucks. Yeah. Tr- the trucks and the, well, I'm, even the ice cream, that was an ice cream truck. Ice cream truck. Mm. The smallest thing was the fucking, uh, the sergeant, the guy with the, the little uh, vehicle with the gun on it that. Kind of drove up in the latter. Yeah, the half only of the car movie. I actually saw anything was the police car in the dog's mouth, and that was a remote control car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, trucks. Walkman. Were, well, I mean, I guess you know, what all these these you know these machines gain intelligence, and the first thing that they want to do is kill humans. Yes, it's kind of like the happening, right? The M Night Shyamalan. Movie, yeah, except when instead of nature, instead of the trees coming alive, it's fucking. Or they just decide we're going to kill humans. Yeah. So they kill them with pop cans. Pre-Skynet. Pop cans, lawnmowers, robo-control cars, Walkman. Hair dryers. Hair dryers. (laughs) Video games. Dildos. Yeah, whatever. whatever. I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it happened. Somewhere out there. In our version, it did anyway. Yes. There you go. And so all of these people who survived this onslaught of uh, mayhem... Vehicular mayhem, uh, mechanical yeah. mayhem. That's there you go. go for the mechanical mayhem because yeah. that includes everything. <laughs> there we go. All Except <laughs> the sprinklers, which is plumbing. So mm. whatever. That but was yeah. the weirdest one. How that is was... the sprinkler going to get you? I don't know. I don't know. It's just ta- that one's like taunting. Maybe it's like just it's, snitching, saying here's just... a human, like the burger thing. Humans oh, are maybe. here. Right? Humans yeah. Are yeah. Here. Just the, humans yeah. are here. Humans are here. Yeah. They don't want to kill. They all just want to, you know, do some. Although I suppose the sprinkler could like. The pressure from the water could be so much that it starts whipping around, wraps you around the neck, strangles you. <laughs> Where was that? Where was that? Like at some point, he's just like the kid's driving down the street and the sprinklers like all start wrapping around him and he's struggling mm-hmm. to get through and everything. That'd been cool. Yeah. I'd been up for that. Yeah. Maximum Overdrive remake. <laughs> Directed yeah, why has by nobody Sean? remade that uh, movie? It has been remade. Gentlemen, it was called Trucks and it was made for like the Sci-Fi Channel or something. Really? really? Yeah. What? Oh, Where have you been? No, Why okay, are you watching things it. on the side? I didn't channel. see it. I remember. I want to see it now. A cover for to it. be com- just comparatively. Yeah. Well, fuck. it's an it's another adaptation of the story. I guess. No I Green Goblin. I can't get now. past any uh-huh. any production company that puts out Sharktopus versus Warwolf or Werewolf <laughs> or what was it? No, it's uh it's Piranaconda. Piranaconda. Is well, yeah. No, there's something about a killer werewolf or something, but it's a killer whale and killer whale. whale, whale it's like werewolf. 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 Yeah. Versus octopus shark or whatever. Yeah. Werewolf. It's a whale by day and a wolf by night. I, I swear, I have to find out what happened with Trejo because I knew Ving Rhames started taking all them crappy movies because his dogs supposedly killed the house sitter or whatever. I got to find out what happened with Danny Trejo because he's in all them and all them crappy zombie movies too. Yeah. Danny Trejo just oh, wants yeah. to work. Yeah, like, he's like, I'll show up for <laughs> He wants to be. Give me the, the thing. Oh, he wants to be Lobo for DC. 
He just put in his bid for that. Well, he's yeah. got to go somewhere. He's got to yeah. go up from wherever he in the direct sure. video direct that he's yeah. hanging on there right now. That machete, 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 machete yeah. money must have drawn, uh, dried up. Yeah, not going to be. Yeah, they never made machete like in space. So yeah, yeah. he says sure. it's coming, but you know. Yeah. Hey, fucking Rodriguez can make it for a buck. Say, hey, come to my house for a weekend. I'll make machete. Why can't you make a machete direct to video? I don't know. Hey. Uh, maybe there's no audience. Nobody showed up for this. Hey, segment. maybe. Um, so this movie announces its tone in the very first scene. I want to say where a bank teller machine calls Stephen King himself in yep. a cameo an asshole. Hi, mm-hmm. hey, sugar buns. Yep. This machine just called me an asshole. We should also establish that this movie takes place in North North Carolina. North Carolina. Yep. Which is, explains why everybody has like these really, I don't know, I was going to say everybody just sounds. <laughs> little twang. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like, like, everybody it's just like sounds the like worst an idiot. of the worst in this, right? Like somehow oh, yeah. all the people who are in this movie are like the reddest rednecks. Well, and they <laughs> captured all the main redneck names. They had Bubba, Zeke, and what was the other one? Rusty. Yeah. So, yeah, they covered <laughs> yeah. the three main, the three main redneck names. So. And Beal. Beal. Yeah. Bill. Bill and Brett. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, good people from the South. We're not uh, discour- disparaging we you. you in any way. But like I got rednecks movie, in my family, so it's all good. I mean, come well, on. But I think this goes to, again, this is Stephen King's like really broad characterizations yes. of people. Like, there is nobody as bad as Bubba Hendershot, the, <laughs> the guy who runs the Dixie, Dipsy, Dixie Stop? Dixie, the Dixie, Dixie Boy, boy Truck the Stop. Dixie boy truck stop. I mean, he's just, he's played by Pat Hingle, and he's like the world's worst human being. Yeah, absolutely. Say. So what's the thing at the beginning of the movie? He's uh, he, well, he gets some, he's working outside of 40 hours or something like that, or like he calls uh, fucking Emilio Estevez into the office, and he's like, talking to him, it's like, either you do what I say, or you're fucking going back to prison. Yeah, I what? own you. Oh, I was like, something about working nine hours and only getting paid eight Only getting paid eight, yeah. yeah. It's like he, he wants like, him to work get outside. Get back on the clock or whatever the hell. Yeah. I own you, boy. Yeah. Either the state owns you or I own you or whatever. Because Emilio Estevez is the uh, stereotypical. He's the bad boy. He's the outsider. He's the, yeah. with he the heart of gold. With the heart of gold. He did something wrong in his past, and he's ashamed of it. But he's, all he's, he needs is a good redemption. woman. All he needs is a good woman to get redemption. That's all he needs. And he, makes, if, and he makes love like a hero, according to her. He does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's yeah, a yeah. genius. And a genius. genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a little overstated at that <laughs> point in the movie. Laying it on with a trowel. Complete with scene where he's just like, you don't understand me. And he turns away from him. He's like, I I did some wrong things in my past and I'm ashamed of it. And he's like, no, I love you anyway. Oh, yeah. That was his that was his best week Brando. (laughs) There. It was. It really was. (laughs) A little bit of James Dean thrown in. Yeah. Like, who would have spotted? What was Emilio Estevez doing before this movie? St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah. Repo Man. Because Young Guns lay in his future mm. and men at work with brother Charlie Sheen. Uh, young Guns hadn't come out yet. Right. So, God, yeah, it was just all the teeny bopper movies. Uh, Breakfast Club was out. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. We were oh, saying outside, was The Outsiders out before this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, they were all young in yeah. that movie. That was like 83 or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. So he was part of the up and coming. The brat, the brat pack, pack. Yep. yeah, brat pack, yeah, yep. But uh, so I mean, I guess like he was the biggest star, you know, attached to this. He, yep. And we said he had a little bit of his, the swagger of his dad from Badlands when Martin mm-hmm. Sheen was in Badlands. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, a little bit of, of Martin Sheen in this. 
I always um, thought he would, to me, he's closer. I mean, Charlie sounds like his dad more, but Emilio to me acts like his father a lot more. Yeah. But I mean, if you, especially if you watch when he, Sheen was younger, as he gets older, he's just kind of, I don't know. Yes. Getting on that Gary Busey line <laughs> as he gets a little older. <laughs> Has Emilio Estevez like done anything recently? I don't know. You'd think he'd be on like a CSI or something by now. Right? Uh, not recently. No. The last Emilio, thing I'm I can sorry remember. you dropped off the director. Well, he did. What was the, the hotel with the Kennedy movie? Oh, Bobby? Yeah, I think it was just Bobby. No, wait. Yeah, maybe. Bobby Kennedy got killed like in the kitchen going from somewhere. What, what was that? Fuck, I don't know. Out in California? Yeah, something like that. By Saran Saran? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that he was did. 68 when that happened. Wasn't yeah. It? Emilio yeah, Estevez there was a movie directed. Recently. Yeah, well, uh, probably like five, eight years ago, something yeah. like that. But he directed that and was also in it. But that's the last thing I can remember yeah. with fucking Emilio Estevez. Yeah, because the Mighty Ducks has run its course. Right. Yep, mm-hmm. until they reboot it. And he was mm. in the first Mission Impossible. God knows how long yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Killed yeah. by an elevator. Yeah. What a way to go. Hmm. Well, it's hopefully he's keeping his nose Trek clean. Movie. He looks like his dad now, too. He's like fat and Martin Sheen. <laughs> oh, Martin. Yeah, he really Martin. Martin Sheen's got the new grill, though. He does. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> right. It's all shiny and big, and he's got that kind of lift to him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the... The girl, Laura Harrington, don't yes. know what she's done other than this. She's rocking the kind of the 80s. I thought it was the Madonna look. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Very oh, chic. A lot of them carried that look. The though, Madonna or the fucking, kind of, uh, or the what's her kind name? kind of tomboy look a little Girls bit. just want to have fun. What the fuck? Cindy Lauper. Cindy, the Cindy Lauper look kind of. Yeah, you got to wear a jacket. Yeah, a jacket and that, and that hat. hat. And that skirt. Yep. Yeah, the skirt was pretty hot. Yeah, uh, nice, yeah. But I love the way, like, the first scene where she meets him. <laughs> what's he doing? He's, like, filling up the, was he... Pumping gas Pump- or something, wasn't he? No. No. What the fuck is he doing? I thought he was like filling the gas back up. Or no, he was checking out the happy toys truck that had pulled over by itself. He was checking that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she come up behind and she's like vroom vroom or something. And yeah. 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 And they're just like, hey. You're <laughs> yeah, because I thought they were gonna be buddies with the way that kind of looked, you know, like yeah. they had met before. She right, was yeah. just coming to see him or something. And yeah. It was like, nope, they don't know each other. No. Nope. This is just they like, went about five now? minutes. And it really was. Like, within just 30 seconds, it's like, you're cute. It's like, am I? Yeah, you want to go make out? Yeah, sure. I don't know if to credit that to the '80s and the promiscuous '80s. Were they that promiscuous? We were whores back then. Uh, I wish they were more promiscuous. Uh, or <laughs> no, just you know, if Colin, you're Emilio what, Estevez, you're like, yeah. you just I mean, look at that. Those you're problems, just crushing yeah. muff. You're, you're, yeah, <laughs> crush. <I'm, laughs> you just got to beat a crush muff with muff. a stick. Oh dear lord! Oh, let's just leave that alone. Oh, no. well, uh, this was this was before he wound up with Paul Abdul for a while. They were really? they were an item for a while. Oh yeah, boy. And Charlie was dating Gin, or Ginger Lynn. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that era. His, his harem of porn stars. Ugh. So the trucks all converge on this uh, this truck stop, I guess, right? So, right. And they're, so With the, no apparent purpose. What's the, uh, the hierarchy, I guess? Because there's politics, right, with these machines? Vehicles? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, the Green Goblin truck's the leader for sure. Because he's got a face. Yeah. Sure. And there's like two other trucks that were mainstays, and then the rest of them were just. Well, there's the bulldozer. He's the muscle. Yeah. Because he yeah. can actually like bulldoze shit. Yeah, but he doesn't like the, like, they come in, the bulldozer and the, and the and army the truck, refer- they come in, they yeah. come in a little later. And, like and, point- and I take, I take 
uh, exception to the term army truck. That was a skateboard <laughs> with a gun on it, basically, basically. <laughs> and a steering wheel, so they could do the Morse code tap out. Right. Because I mean, if you looked at it, there was no there was no pedals. There's no there's no accelerator. There's no brake. So you and know, what do you need that for? You're a machine. You can just like drive yourself all over the place. Yeah, I guess. That's what I was wondering about, like, some of the things. Like, you actually get to see, like, you know, these the, gauges and switches all throwing themselves. Yeah, did you guys like, notice, though, when Tow Mater was after at the first truck stop where the yeah. young mm. couple pulled over? He, you notice he popped the clutch, right? The yeah. clutch came all the way up before the gas ever went down. So that would have stalled. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was thinking to myself as I'm watching this, I'm like, you know, I love this movie when I was younger. And I'm watching it, and I'm picking, and it's just... I guess you get jaded with the movies after a while. I still like the movie, but it's like you start picking out the little things. Like, are there really palm trees in North Carolina? Or just little things like that that start yeah. to, you know, wear at you. And that was one of them, just to pop in the clutch. I'm like, that would have stalled that truck. But, you know, just little <laughs> things like that. I, I don't know if you just get pompous or what. <laughs> you start you're you're going to give movies. a pass to Yeardley Smith in this movie or no. What's that? Well, you're saying things that drive you nuts after a while. Oh, God. Yeah, because she yells anymore. Holy shit. This poor woman has a face that's made for voice acting. Yeah. She almost has one eye. That's how close her <laughs> eyes are together. Yeah, they are. <laughs> that's that's just it that looks like smush sucked into a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Does, it does. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, she's got the most annoying voice too. Mm-hmm. She's a uh, part of the half of this newlywed couple. What is it, Kurt and Connie? Yeah, yeah. And she just yells at him like all the fucking time. It seems like Kurt, what do you do? Yeah, oh. Curtis. Well, that's why I said in the movie when the beam fell on him, she was Curtis. Are you dead? And I'm like, in about a year, he's gonna wish he was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. Ugh. She's a shrill, shrill woman. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then and then her over-the-top kind of southern accent, too. It's like, oh, Well, having to listen to that, I'd have put a bullet in my brain quick. Well, I'd have walked out in front of the trucks. Hey, man, in small towns, you don't have much to choose from. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's all you got. I mean, Curtis was at least a stand-up guy. He, sure. You know, he wanted to help and do things and... And she's like, no, you let somebody else do it. And what's uh, all these big, big, tough truckers are all just standing around hiding in the corner. They're like, no, let them let Billy and Curtis do it all. Yeah. Yeah. They're smart. Yeah. Until later on when they're all just like, what's going on? Somebody shooting? Yeah. And they all die. Or they can steal a ring off of a dead woman's finger. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, who knows what's going on? And then that. just stand there while it's Well, but we were over. taught cosmic justice quickly. And that one, what happens when you steal from the dead? You become yep. one. There you go. The '80s horror movie, The Lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, there is like a lot of uh, vehicular uh, deaths, there which are, were kind of cool. You know, the movie actually did have going for it. I don't know, were they? I yeah. thought so. Like, yeah, because you don't see that um, <clears throat> that people getting hit by stuff that kind of splatter that we got in this movie. Yeah. Like well, yeah. the and obvious, like, like oh, they packed a dummy full yeah. of fake yeah, blood yeah, yeah. and just hit that shit. Unless it's the Devil's Rejects, or whatever, uh, right? That right, might be yeah. like one of the better ones. Yeah, <laughs> well, but you don't get that splatter like that, or just pieces. What looks like pieces of people just kind of flying yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You get that a lot in this and movie. Well, you can see a couple of the trucks. They killed the a kid. Yeah. They uh, steamrolled the kid. When the ice cream truck was coming, it had brains on the front oh, of yeah. its grill. I yeah. know. I was thinking, like, you know, for, like, if you're in a Stephen King movie, I guess one of the things that you're going to have to do is have, like, a lot of the red stuff in a hose. Just sure. And spray everything down. There's not, like, a lot of blood spray necessarily no. in the movie, but there's the evidence of it, right. like, pretty much everywhere. Yes. I remember, I want to say, like, I had a Fangoria magazine that was talking about this movie when it was coming out. And this is the 80s again, so 
I remember at that point in time, the ratings board, the MPAA, was really hard on horror movies. They were cutting mm. all the good stuff out of it. So God knows. Well, Cisco and Ebert kind of led that charge after the Friday the 13th. And yeah, they just days. hated him. I mean, yeah. like you watching movies now, you have no idea. Like the stuff that in the eighties, they cut the living shit out of these movies mm. gore wise. They just didn't want to see any of it. And I remember them describing an effect that I really wanted to see. Cause you know, the guy who goes out for Fangoria, the journalist, yeah. you know, is there witnessing the stuff happens and then he's writing about it. Article comes out when the movie comes out, that scene's not there, but he was talking about the scene where the, uh, the little league coach or whatever gets beaten oh. in the head by the pop can. Yeah. And I guess they had like one of those air bladders full of blood, like on the top of his head and they inflated the thing and it's spraying, you know, there's a <laughs> pinhole in it. Right. Sure. Spray. Cause I think I've seen the, the picture of this and then it pops and it bursts. And in the movie, all you see is, you know, he gets the hit in the head, yeah. falls down. And then there's like a ton of fucking blood on the, <laughs> right. on the ground. And they're like, where the hell did all that come from? Well, it came from the shot that you don't get to see in the movie anymore. That's unfortunate. But there's still a lot of blood in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think the <clears throat> I think the first time I saw this, and maybe the only times I've seen this, have been on TV. I'm sure it was on USA Wait, at some prior point. Prior to tonight? Prior to tonight, Get I think. I think I may here. have only seen this on TV. So it was probably, I'm guaranteed it was cut down probably significantly. But yeah, bloodier than I remember it, obviously. But uh, yeah. We don't remember well, any scenes, like sp- big scenes being missing for the television. No, editor. nothing. There's nothing in here. I was just like, I don't remember that being in there before. I think they just cut around everything at that point because you know, be just the gore. Yeah, they just cut the the gore shots. Like they never, what? they would have never showed the like the little league coach with the fucking mm-hmm. hole in his head. Because I don't yeah. remember that. I remember him like laying there and everybody being dead. Even the kids get killed by the. I do kids. remember catching on like USA up all night. Yeah, I'm sure know? it was up all night. And, and then I, I I remember that because the knife turns on. It shows it turn towards her. She screams. Then the next thing it cuts yeah. to is it going across the floor at her. Yeah, because it doesn't show the cut going in the arm, arm. No. going into her foot. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure they just cut around everything. So this is pretty. Yeah, I got the full uh, the full maximum overdrive in this. What was the line? <laughs> the title line. The right, right. It was uh, like uh, I was doing fine till every mechanical thing on the planet started going into maximum overdrive. Eighties signature oh. thing. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, it it was was in, of, like that line somewhere. makes no sense out of it being the title of the movie. It's like <laughs> what, what? No. But yeah, it kind of was a staple at that point. It's like gotta have the title in the movie because yeah. when people go, ah, uh-huh. bravo, bravo, yeah. Oh, yeah. we get it. Now. You worked it in there. Yeah, yeah. you clever, clever person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I keep on thinking of Predator because they did try to work the title in, but the original title title was Hunter. Right. So he's like, yeah, what is it? It's like it's almost like he's tracking us down like a hunter. Like that would have <laughs> been the title line. Right. <laughs> they changed. Like, oh the- shit. Yeah. They changed the title and the monster, and we were all better for it. Mm. We have anybody else of note in the Dixie Boy truck stop? Oh! A lot of, a lot of bit players. Bit players. In lots of movies. Yeah. Giancarlo. That was his name, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito, Esposito mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, like Breaking said, Bad fresh fame. And, and uh, you brought up Usual Suspects. He's the Fed at the port. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. I could go back and watch that. And Leon Rippey with hair is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, my favorite is thing he is, is he plays Virgil in Beyond the Law. So. I don't with, remember with Charlie Sheen, the biker movie. Yeah, and he's Virgil in that. And then he was also he was with Emilio Estevez in Young Guns too. He was the sheriff, Bob. He was mm. in Cuffs. 
Yeah, you know, he's, he's played Kane in Cuffs. Yeah, he like he plays like an asshole cop in a ton sure. of movies. Yeah, yeah, he just seems like he he's in, always the. He was in Life yeah. of David Gale. Everybody <laughs> remembers that movie. I do. Congratulations, <laughs> thank Sean. you. Very, very good. Uh, I like that movie. Right there. I like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do the survivors do? How are they going to survive the night against the? Uh, the, the, truck. the trucks that apparently have no purpose. Like we just want to um, run circles around you when we could just sit here and wait, not waste our gas. Right. And we don't. I, I mean, I can't imagine they wanted to kill them because they could have just run all the well, trucks into the building. Well, and that they was do mention the trucks. Well, they do mention at some point that uh, they, Amelia Westavez figures out that they haven't actually rushed the diner because the diner's sitting on it. It's basically, uh, it's got a basement. It's a hole in the ground. Yeah. If you drove in there with a truck, you'd go right into the basement. You're not getting out. Yeah. Right. But I didn't get that as an audience member until he said it. It's like, oh, that's probably why halfway through the siege, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, that's probably why they're not coming in. I'm like, why don't they just fucking kill these people? Yeah. And are. See, that leads me to questions with the title card at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, we got to get to that. <laughs> yeah. We will get to it. But, well, I mean, part of it is, uh, you know, the, the, the movie diffuses its own tension yeah. by the title card at the beginning. Because it says that, you know, that for eight days, the yeah, Earth right. passed through the Rhea M comet, you know, whatever, because they had right. you know, Yeah, they broke it like, down to the second. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I get it. Uh, this is going to last for eight days, and then it's over. So Even one of the characters in the middle of the movie is like, you know what? I think if we just last seven days, we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Brett comes up with that bit of wisdom halfway in the movie. Yeah, so she's a lot right. of information. It's a girl. Well, she was listening right. to that report when the Bible salesman was fondling her in the car. She was, And that's what she said. She said, did you listen to anything that man said? She heard like five seconds of that guy on the radio. Said, Get off the highway. Needs, that's man. all she heard. What? She's not getting. She, she only met Emilio Estevez for, 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 yeah, for five quick. seconds. So she understood he was a Apparently, genius. <laughs> he's, he's, see, this is why we should distrust her character. Emilio Estevez is a genius in this movie. And yeah. she knows exactly what's going on halfway through with little to no information. Mm -hmm. Trucks are alive, but I think it's the comet. <laughs> well, what did the newspaper say? Comet passes near about? Earth. People watch. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a wonderful <laughs> well, somebody newspaper headline. It was a slow news day. Otherwise, <laughs> well, Estes was the one talking about, well, you know, if it was aliens trying to repopulate the planet, they'd come and do this. The broom. Yeah, the broom. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of one of those speeches where you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, okay. Uh, yeah. So the trucks, as far as we can understand, like their main mission objective is to circle. do an Indian circle around yeah. this diner yeah. and just drive around until they run out of gas. And learning that this is going to happen to them, they Same figure here. out Morse code mm -hmm. and they can communicate through honks to tell the, thank God, there's a. Cub cadet or whatever, Cub Scout. Yes, <laughs> that just got his merit badge in Morse code. I like how you went the machine route and called him a Cub Cadet. Yeah, like, bravo. Sorry, was a, uh, the lawnmower <laughs> the, rolled in there. And, right, it's like, ah! No, this is, this is a Cub Scout. Segway. Yeah. yeah, who can understand the Morse code and realize that the machine or, machines are saying, come out and fuel us. We will not kill you. We need gas. But Do if you now. don't, we will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And they must have some kind of telepathy. I mean, we're assuming CB radio or something, but they are able to right, summon waves. every single truck yeah. in yeah. North Carolina, probably in the entire state, maybe out of state. Right. Because it's the, the only gas station that exists. Right. Within that they a, hadn't killed a thousand mile radius, which apparently. I'm saying piss poor planning on the trucks part. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't kill everybody that works at the gas station. You need right. someone to pump gas. 
Because as far as we know, the, Stupid the survivors at this gas station are the last people on Earth. From the way it looks, yeah. Because anytime they go outside, yeah, there's, no movie, there's no one. Everybody's dead. Yeah, but they're in the middle of the highway, in the middle of nowhere. They are not the last people on Earth. What are you talking about? They are not the last people. Why do the trucks don't, how come they don't have this setup going on at a different uh, truck stop? Are you kidding me? Like those 100 trucks are the only trucks left on Earth? There's trucks everywhere else. Well, and then I love how they, the island was called Haven. Yeah. And yeah. there's no cars let's, let's allowed put, on this. I don't think you island. put too fine a point on this, Stephen. Here, let's just call it Haven. <laughs> yeah. There we go. This is the island they want to get to. Yeah. Yes. See, no, I no would have much rather no had a Dawn of the Dead remake end yeah. where they show up at the island and all the trucks <laughs> come fucking, crashing yeah. out of the bushes. <laughs> that would have been good. That's that's the ending of the remake today. Yeah. Like they go to the island and there's fucking just trucks waiting. Or at least for bulldozers them. that were building more houses right, right, on yeah, the yeah, island. Yeah, yeah. All, the construction, yeah. all the construction vehicles are yeah. there mm-hmm. and they turn and kill them all. That's. Fuck, why are we not writing this movie right now? <laughs> Copyright 2016. Of course, you, you gotta do get another you gotta, you gotta, no, you, no, Maximum Overdrive, you gotta get the name recognition to draw this people is the, in. This is the era of stealing someone else's idea and trying to make it look better. That reminds me, this is not the first killer truck movie. There are a story. There was a story duel. written in the 50s. Oh, yeah, there's Duel. Yeah. That was from Spielberg in the 70s, a film. Well, that was actually driven by a dude, but it was using the truck Truck as as the the weapon. But there was a story written in the 50s called Killdozer. Oh, my God. I've seen that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's on Sven all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh That's a, I want to say, like a autonomous machine. And there's the car. I can't forget the car. The hearse. Was the hearse like uh, not I think it was possessed by? by the devil, too. Well, the car was definitely possessed. I saw the hearse, and I can't remember like what the deal was with it. If it was a haunted hearse, it's a hearse. Yeah, but I can't remember if there was somebody actually driving it. Jesus, I've seen this movie. I remember the car because <laughs> right. that's the one where, like, it's yeah, it is like the devil or something mm-hmm. driving the car. There's nobody behind the wheel, and it's running people off the what is that like a Cadillac or something? It was a big fucking. For the car? Yeah. All I remember is, like I, as a kid, I just remember Lincoln. hearing that when it blew up in the smoke, you could see the devil. Yeah, you see the, the yeah. 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 Bravo. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the these band of humans, their defense against the cars is uh, that they discover uh, that for some fucking reason, uh, <clears throat> Bubba Hendershot, I just love saying that name. I was going to say, I forgot it, it was a name. Hellshot, here, her, she's, uh, well, no, Hendershot. Well, when I was watching it, I'm like, didn't an Unforgiven wasn't Clint Eastwood talking about like when he was all, you know, like uh, feeling the effect of the flu or whatever that he was suffering from? He's talking about, was it Frank Hendershot? I seen him. I seen Frank Hendershot. His face was all maggots. You don't remember this? Unforgiven. One of the greatest westerns of all time. It's got Clint Eastwood in it. Unforgiven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good it was uh, Hendershot. It's a good name. It's Bubba. Good name. Hendershot. And, and Bubba called everyone else Bubba. Bubba. I think that's classic that's self-loathing. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Because he did call him like Bubba, like you're an idiot. Yeah. Yep. We should just start calling each other Bubba. That's because yeah, you know, his dad. It's because he has daddy issues. Guarantee it. <laughs> he has daddy issues. I guarantee it. That's why, because his dad did it to him. He insulted him. It's like, think you're smart, don't you, Bubba? Yeah. And now he does it to everybody else. He's got daddy. So his real name wasn't Bubba. No, his real name's not Bubba. Probably Frank Hendershot. Probably. It yeah. is. No, his, and that's why nobody's real name. No, nobody's real name is ever Bubba. No, because my dad is Bubba, but that's not his real name. People you, just give you, you seriously. Your dad's Bubba. Yeah, my dad's Bubba. Get the fuck out. Yeah. 
Really? Man's Bubba. Mine has been Bubba forever. That's what he brings to wow. the show. <laughs> All right then, Bubba. Yeah, I, yeah, that is Bubba. To Bubba. So Bubba, uh, well, actually, that was the signal. If you can get me another brewski there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> to your, to your dad, to Bubba, dad. with an so, empty bottle. The uh, Bubba has somehow amassed because he's got to be like one of these, like you know, the commies are coming at some point. We, <laughs> oh yeah, right. He's oh yeah, he's a doomsday he's definitely, prepper. He's definitely militia. He's a doomsday yeah. prepper. It's like fuck it. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. She yeah. goes down, and he has himself. in his basement. And armor. Everything. Well, yeah. I mean, you would, right? Because, I mean, if, you know, the trucks were coming. He has everything you need to get a visit from the Alphabet yeah, Soup the Squad. I just ATF, DEA. Maybe I just, yeah. that's why I don't get his character. It's like uh, the fucking trucks are coming, right? They're attacking. They've killed people in your parking lot. Yeah. Plowing people over and into ditches and doing all this heinous stuff to them. So he does go down and, you know, with his trusted uh, companion, Pigface. What's that guy's Joe. name? He looked Joe. like Joey. I had like a Joey. big face. He did. Yeah, he did. Is that his son? It feels like it's his son. Uh, could be. Bubba's son. Or like Joe. his nephew, his dumb nephew. Why not? Always feels he's like the mechanic, dumb nephew, right? right? Got the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's it one of the. Joe, right. I remember yeah. the name tag. Yep. Yeah, Joe. yeah. And the other guy got killed. So, oh, right, right. You guys always burned out by gasoline. Deke when the or, fucking, what was his name? Uh, Deke or something? Yeah, I th- well, I threw up in his face. Yeah, well, yeah. and that was that looked like mud water or oil. That wasn't diesel. Yeah, what are they Dude, putting in these? The trucks? gas back in the eighties wasn't as clean, not as refined as it is. It wasn't that dirty. Either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so he's got a bazooka because yeah. I mean, like, really, what else can you take on? Uh, a, you know, a, a giant bunch of semi trucks with. But a bazooka. Well, that's a law. That was technically a law. Do you have to have a wait? Do you have to have a bazooka in your truck stop? You should. Okay. Most good truck stops do. Yeah, and by law, it should be. Or I mean, the law. If I saw is this movie. If, if you're attacked by a semi truck, you must have a bazooka within. If I saw this movie in the '80s, I'd probably go out and buy a bazooka. Like, yeah. fuck it, just in case. Because I'm know. sure in the '80s you could just go buy a bazooka. Well, we just saw it in the movie. I had, like, everybody had laws movie. back then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just do it. Yeah. The law that you must own a well, bazooka, for instance. I mean, that's well, no, they're light armored weapons. That's what they're called. Is the law? That's oh, yeah, I can't. Ah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there it suddenly is. it clicked it. I'm like, I feel like I okay. So <laughs> uh, he's got a bunch of automatic weapons and a bazooka. Yeah, <clears throat> the bazooka is used a couple of times uh, on the on the trucks. But what I didn't get, I guess, is that how come Bubba didn't open his Warehouse to and everybody, like, everybody to the get teeth. a fucking weapon yeah. and get out there and because well, Bubba's no. greedy asshole. Yeah, there's always that guy. But this is you this is a zombie movie and survive the machine apocalypse. This is a zombie movie. Like it's the one guy who's got all the stuff, but he hoards it for himself because he's just yeah. looking out for himself. He's like, this is for me. This is well, for but, my survival. And, and it's classic because the thing that finally motivates him to really get going crazy is they nail his Cadillac. You know, you son of yeah. some bitches yeah. are going to get you. For- yeah. yeah, and that's when they kill him. So, yeah. all right. There endeth the asshole. Now, I have a question about the bazooka. That was underplayed, an underplayed moment. I was hoping for him, like, him that would dying? Be, Yeah, that would be the, yeah. yeah, they fucking killed Bubba moment, but. Right, uh, like, yeah. yeah. No. Like, no, the death's past kind of just Because like, then psh- the waitress with the death wish and the need to tell Wanda? the machines that we created you, you yeah. can't do this to We us. made yeah. you! Yeah. You think that line was put in there just because yeah, so ACDC ACDC did the had to be? Yeah, oh, no, yeah be we got to talk about it. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, ACDC. Like, from yeah, start to was... finish, top to bottom, this is ACDC soundtrack. 
their finest work before they released Iron this, Man. They released <laughs> <laughs> they were, before what Thunderstruck. What was that album? Uh, uh, the album that Thunderstruck was on. Uh, that was balls. after this, and uh, I want to say they became like a thing again with that. That was like a resurge in popularity. Well, they have the Who Made Who album. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the Who Made Who album this. is this. The they released yeah. it as the soundtrack to this movie. Do you know how ACDC got to be a part of this movie? Trivia. Uh, Marvel Stephen sold King. them with the Green Goblin head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stephen King and his wife own a radio station. That's his favorite band. May it's his favorite band. Yeah, really. So he asked them, and they said yes. And yeah. of course, he's Stephen King asking. So they yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. by then he is Stephen King. Right. He's like, yeah. fuck yeah. We'll even put your band van in the movie. Yeah, I like the way that at the beginning when it's like music by ACDC. Right. They get their logo. They do. Yeah. It's not just yeah. like in some fucking words. It's the logo. It's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Bravo. Yeah. And oh, so a lot I, of the I, great uh, songs, uh, ACDC songs that we know, yeah. you got uh, Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells is in it. Who Made Who? Uh, you Shook Me All Night That was the ending. That was the credit song. That wasn't from this album, though, right? Was no, not no, this not no, this no, album. They, I think they just put that in there as you the credit song. Oh, that's from Highway to Hell, isn't it? All right. That's from... Uh, Something. Uh, you Shook Me All Night And for those about to rock was in there as well. That was in this, right? Yes. But yeah, yeah, from the Not from this. The Saint the Tank is from this... Right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, I just, I, I appreciated the fact that, like, every time there was something on, it's like, you know, I'm a rolling thunder. And you're cutting to, like, you know, trucks coming down the highway. What yeah. was the Shake your foundations and the yeah. bulldozers destroying the, you know. Yep. I mean, Sometimes was- you need ACDC <laughs> in every scene to just back up what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember because I remember during the movie, but now I can't remember. What was the song that the ice cream truck was playing? Was it playing an ACDC song? No, it wasn't an ACDC song. song. Wasn't it the standard ice cream truck song? No, it was a, a song. Damn it, no, I'm not going to remember. I remember it during the movie. It was a, a song. I can't remember it now. But it wasn't an ACDC song. <clears throat> um, did they shoot the bazooka? Like, did they actually shoot the bazooka? I don't know. It seems, in like scenes like that, I'm just like, did they shoot the fucking truck with a bazooka? Yeah, or it was looks a special like, effects bazooka? Right, or like they just shoot it, it doesn't explode, but then they explode the truck. Because yeah, it looks, no, like no, anytime they shot the bazooka, it just yeah, like, cause you it see looks the like they shot a bazooka. In there and then the and thing then it explodes. explodes. Like, did they shoot a bazooka at this shit? I only hope that they did. I hope they did. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they had someone special on set shooting a bazooka at trucks <laughs> and blowing up Miller. looked in the credits, was right bazooka ring. Yeah. Yeah. Blowing up Miller trucks and Toilet paper. Oh, yeah, and they showers everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wonderful. That I was mean, actually pretty good. I like that. The toilet paper, they blew it up, and then there's just streams of it over the fucking oh, yeah, smoke. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, that was, was good. up on a, the island roof for the, yeah. tr- or for the fuel island. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that has to be, like, part of the reason that, you know, as Stephen King, I guess, you know, that you want to do this movie, right? I mean, it does contain a lot of scenes that are just kind of, I mean, they have their own, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, the drawbridge scene was pretty cool. Like oh, that. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you're just smashing movie. fucking cars right. together. I mean, For a good got five minutes, watermelons. crushing cars. You've got yeah. uh, trucks exploding all over the place. Eventually, right. you get to blow up the Dixie Boy you yeah. know, in a pretty yeah. spectacular Right, explosion. they get to drive yeah, trucks into the liquid building. oxygen truck. You knew that was yeah. bad news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But lots of metal slamming into right. and destroying, you know, metal. It's got to be part of the appeal. It's just like, you need to do all this. I'm like, all right. Because that's where the, clearly the budget went. I mean, sure. Oh, to. yeah. Now, do you think he's seen the movie Convoy and kind of got an idea from that? Because <laughs> they that smashed movie, up a lot of stuff with trucks in that movie. And I have never seen that movie. Convoy? Yep. Oh, you I used to it. work in a video store. There was a, uh, well, I mean, to put a delicate point on it, a hillbilly couple who would come in every week and ask, do you have you guys got convoy? And I'm like, no, it's not available. But every week they would come in and ask to find out if it was. So I've heard about convoy with Chris Christopherson and yep. how that, great it is. We got a great big convoy. And all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ernest Borgnine's The Crooked Sheriff. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Never I've seen, seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Borgnine's yeah. Crooked Sheriff. All yeah. right. Yeah. Coming to the Freak Show I in the year 2016. Yeah. Convoy. Convoy. It's got a following. <clears throat> Apparently. I think all the uh, all the semis. Sean's just making a list. Bandit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like running low. It's like, uh, all right. Yeah. Convoy. That sounds interesting. And the, yeah. This is well, the era. Well, the year of. That well, sounds if interesting. You em- <laughs> if you have an empty mic that week, invite me for that one because I love that. Movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. It has a lot of love, too. So that's the other Apparently. thing. Apparently. Everybody who's seen it looks on it fondly. Sure. Convoy. Pay well, attention, kids. It's probably coming. Well, and you got the old song, so that kind of coincided with it. And then everybody knew the song, and then the movie came out, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. That's yeah. the rubber duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, our survivors, you know, imagine, finally managed to scoot through drainage dun- tunnels. They're a bunch uh, of idiots if they didn't <clears throat> figure that out sooner. Right, this is how we're going to get away. Well, the 12-year-old kid figured it out. Yeah. You know, he survived on his own. That's what I find amazing about this movie that we haven't touched on. Everybody else is getting murdered left and right, and everybody's huddled into this one place. This kid's riding his bike through town. He sees all these horrors and still makes it out to yeah. the truck stop by himself. Yeah, he goes to the His town. dad couldn't make it out of the damn parking lot. That's because they really so, are a bunch of idiots. Because yeah. uh, every scene is just like, <laughs> I'm mad, and I'm just going to stand here until this truck hits me. Right. And I'm they just stand there and just get hit by trucks. It happens a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah. This movie. I know this one. They could have jumped out of the way. <laughs> Don't forget the convenient key drop right before his half blind father was run over by the semi. Sure, yeah, oh, of yeah. course. These are not the brightest. And right, he's blind, box. but also apparently the diesel affected his hearing because he can't hear a truck bearing down. Starting up, yeah, coming at. <laughs> him. Well, this, these trucks. I mean, come on, give him credit. They, they are kind of sneaky. Right, they can sneak they up on you. Green Goblin be, snuck on, snuck yeah. up on him at the end of the movie. Yeah, he got rippy when he was trying to rip that old corpse off. Yeah, uh-huh. diamond yeah. ring off. Her. All of a sudden, fuck. There's Semi, like a huge semi, fifty feet away. (laughs) I couldn't hear it either. I'm surprised, and I'm going to get run over. Holy shit! Bunch of smart people. I'm surprised I made it to the boat. Yeah. Yeah, the oh, sailboat. Well, no, that, no that's, a, that's a, well, again, they're a, you, a Dawn I would, of the Dead you reference. Would that, they yeah. made it to the boat. Like I said, it's a zombie movie. Let's go to the island, you know, until they get there. I would have taken, like, if they were smart, they would have grabbed another boat. Like, you can't, what the fuck if something happens to that boat? You're fucked. And I'm you sorry, there two are boats. Still, you got enough people even, to grab two boats. Now, he said there was no motor on that boat whatsoever. Yeah. Not even a trolling motor? I don't know. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Maybe they threw it off. Yeah. They sure, should have. Yeah, fucking something. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and I love how this does he apparently he knew how to sail. So he is a genius because he knows how to do a lot of things. So because yeah, that's not well, easy to do. Sailing is a complicated task. Well, he wasn't steering the fucking ship when it actually when he gets no. the survivors onto it and they're taking off. I know he's not the one. No, do with the mustache is like, yeah, I'm going to drive this. Yeah. Fuck it. The guy I hadn't seen before. I mean, I suppose it's unique and somewhat not unique, but I mean, a rare breed of movie that like there's a cluster of people, a gaggle, a group. 
that survive this this film. It doesn't come down to like dude and his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not the final girl. Yeah. For it's sure. not the last yeah. people on earth. It's not the final girl. But that's traditionally that's a Stephen King thing, right? There's usually a group of survivors. Yeah. What is it though that I mean, if we're talking about a bunch of you know uh, not entirely uh, sharp folks, mm-hmm. what is it that separates? Emilio Estevez's character from the pack. I mean, aside from the pack that he's with, what the pack that he's with? Yes. I mean, aside from the fact that she's saying he's a genius, what? He's a genius. Yeah, but only because she says so. What is it that he's got that allows him to? Maybe it's not what he's got, but it's what everybody else doesn't have. Like, I think if you go through the group, you can just eliminate him. Like the truck driver. The truck driver. No, the truck drivers don't care. No, right. The putting their Hender on shots one. only out for himself. Yeah. Right. Uh, the the couple is she's hysterical for the yeah, entire movie. Kurt That's all. Is, but uh, he's but he's brave. The, he's the brave guy. But brave yeah. doesn't obviously equal smart. But he'll help his man. But he can't like. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to. He doesn't know how to get out of a situation. Right. Uh, I think it's you know it's Emilio Estevez's territory. Like he knows it a bit more than anybody else who's in there. The waitress is obviously also out of her mind. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and that doesn't leave very much. I mean, the kid is also smart, but you know he's Not, he's yeah, down no and out because his dad. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, well, no one's gonna listen to him, and his dad's dead. Yeah. So like he's kind of out of commission. Well, and I think Emilio Estevez has that part where he's that character that has the problem with authority, but has great leadership skills, you know, to a degree. Sure. You know, I'm curious, like what, I guess that's what I'm, I know he leads the group because the movie says that he has to, but what is it that gives him the leadership quality? I think, you know, as you're laying it out, Sean or Bubba, that I'm kind of getting the (laughs) idea that it's like, well, there aren't, there's no one else to take up the mantle. Right. 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 So he's the youngest, he's a reluctant the fittest. Leader. Right. Uh, you know, so he can run and crawl under shit and yeah. do all that other stuff. And everything is kind of broken down. Like the everything that was holding him back at this point has just broken down. Like Hendershot's kind of holding him back at this yeah. point. He's got to mm-hmm. do what Hendershot says, otherwise he's going back to jail. Yeah. But because this event is happening, it all kind of breaks down. I'm adding a lot more to Maximum Overdrive than I think and the filmmakers well, thought of this. But he's also encouraged by the, yes, the girl. Yes, he's got the woman there yeah. who's encouraging him. So he's got to save her life. She never really becomes the damsel in distress no, not at, all. at all. No, no. Which is also like, what? so, you know, it's like usually the function of the girl in these type of movies is to is be rescued or to uh um i guess what then what she does in this movie she just basically encourages yes uh, the heroism because she's like always just reaffirming that you're a hero Mm -hmm. you make love like a hero you're a genius he's never had that in his life colin but that brings me to a point she also lost that virginal quality when they had sex in the movie so she can't be the final girl anyway Mm -hmm. according to the old way they did things in the movies so I yeah, but you get the idea. She's a, an experienced girl. When you yeah. meet her, you know, yeah, don't you? It's not her first rodeo. You can say ho. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't well, say. It. I don't think so. <laughs> she's in charge of her own. Right. She know, makes stuff. the decisions. She girls just want to have fun. <clears throat> right. Okay. Yeah, that's what the outfit says. Madonna. Madonna brought him to that. See exactly. Yeah. Eighties yeah. empowerment. Well, and the thing of is, course, is, we're talking about her in a movie where she serves basically to function uh, as the hero's motivation. Well, she's almost wearing the desperately seeking Susan wardrobe. That's what I'm saying. I say it's yeah. Madonna or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. that was it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah that makes more sense. Right, that was a good. One. There you go. <clears throat> good pull. Good pull. Yeah. Uh, well, and and. 
we were gonna we were discussing before we started the show breaking down what is the favorite Stephen King movie for I mean just around the table what's yours? Oh uh, Jesus! Oh Jesus! I didn't see favorite that one. Stephen King just, movie. Now we're just encompassing everything, whether it's directed, written, produced, yes, whatever. Just, just yeah. That's what, well, based on the Stephen King. Well, movie. like. Uh, Oh, okay. So not, you know, the, I mean, because the stand, the book is like one of the greatest things I ever read. I think. Right. Uh, well, let's do, well, we'll do both. I <clears> don't yeah, know how do we book gonna, and we'll movie. do both. We'll do book and movie. I am a big fan of Pet Cemetery, the movie, even though I, I think you would do it different if you were to do it today. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of problems with it, but it's yes. just eerie. That's the one I grew up with that kind of, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. It's, it just deals with like kids, a taboo subject. Yeah, kid, killing kids and fuck, coming man. back from the dead and everything. Yeah. And that whole thing where he gets hit by the semi is like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that shoe just tumbles uh-huh. across yeah. the street. Oh, see, I saw that as a young kid. Sure. Yo, yeah. definitely. And his at the end, his uh, spoiler alert to everybody who hasn't seen Pet Cemetery. I mean, come on. <laughs> at the end, where just like his wife comes back and just like cuts to black, and it's him screaming and everything. It's just ooh, oh, yeah. that is it. And the old lady, uh, her oh, was Zelda. Her, yeah, Zelda in it, and what Fred Gwynn in this movie. Yes, yeah. Fred Gwynn in this Never movie gets his fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the visuals, are, yeah, it does. It really Maybe does. that is my favorite. I don't know. I own that one. I own that one, and I have the Shawshank Redemption. Which I think is one of the like you know because that forgotten was forgotten ones. Well, that was a different forgotten, season. I mean, but it's yeah, it's different. Because Stand yeah. by Me yes. was '86 too. The, the movie based yeah, on yeah, the yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See, we, yeah. 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 they're all coming everywhere. back, man. They're everywhere. all coming back. <laughs> Has to be the most graveyard yeah. shift. Yeah. yeah, you say that one already. All right. Uh, yeah, so maybe uh, I'll go with. We're lack of anything else. Pet Cemetery book. The Stand. Stand. Or may or The Shining. Shining was really good too. Okay. Uh, for me, movie. Cujo. Or the dark half. Cujo. Did you say the dark half? Cujo is my favorite. And that brings me to a point I'm going to talk about in just a second. Uh, but Cujo is my favorite movie. It's just that desperation being locked in and that animals out there. And it's not because he's vicious or hate. He's sick. He he really can't control himself. Yeah. You know? rabbit, right? and, yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Uh, Wait, have you book. read the book of that? Because Cujo, you get inside his head, he talks. and you know, yeah. yeah. You're inside the head of the dog. That's where I'd go movie over book with me. I just, yeah. I just yeah. Uh, and as far as my favorite book is Nightmares and Dreamscapes. I just, I love the short stories. What's your favorite short story in Nightmares and Dreamscapes? Uh, Gramsci. Or the kid gets oh, abducted. Popsy. Popsy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he gets abducted from the mall and he keeps telling my popsy's coming. And the guy's like, yeah, shut up, kid. And then the van... The hood of the or the roof of the van gets ripped off, and his grandfather's a vampire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That uh, is chattering teeth in there. I think that's chattering teeth. That's in nightmares and dreamscapes. It might be. Yeah. I remember what was Crouch End or whatever the H.P. Lovecraft yeah. thing. Well, here's one that bothers me. Now you mentioned the dark half, which we hadn't mentioned up until this point. Yeah. That you brought it up when King wrote his Richard Bachman. Okay. Mm-hmm. They went through this whole thing. I read the Regulators. Okay, and it talks about how this story was found after Richard Bachman died of cancer in 1985. And as I'm reading the book, there's a kid riding down the street wearing a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Shaquille O'Neal didn't even play basketball. Yeah, maybe Stephen King doctored it up. I yeah, mean. maybe. But <laughs> I just it was one of those things that it's, you know, like nitpicking, but it's one of those things you find. But it's it's like it's you're looking at the dark half. Because the Bachman books, that's that's a great read. Oh, can you even get Bachman. Rage anymore? The one where the kid goes in and shoots up his school class? Probably not. There's that Run Running Man, 
road work and uh yeah road work and the long walk the long walk long walk is one of my favorite that's another blister one both those are in the bachman don't worry we're getting to your favorite stephen king movie but the bach richard bachman you know why that came about because they didn't want him to flood the market so well he said it was i want to say he said at some point that it was because like he would write stuff and everybody was just like oh stephen king you know and it was because he took off so hot he wanted to find out if people actually, like, you know, thought he was a good writer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he'd write under a pseudonym to see if, like, anybody pays attention to Richard Bachman. And uh, then some fucking, I think it was a literary agent or something, it was like, this reads like Stephen King and tracked down some copyright checks or whatever. You and that's <laughs> what inspired the dark half. Oh, okay. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to kill off think- my alter ego because he's been exposed, you know. Well, and this, is, this isn't a, a King, but in the mouth of madness. I always thought King kind of inspired that a little bit. Oh, to be sure, yeah. It was like a cross between Stephen King, King and H.B. Lovecraft. Well, Lovecraft, too. The poor man, Stephen King. Right. Yeah, yeah. he's Actually, extremely prolific. He's got some good. He is as well. Too. Like I've I've read more Coons books than King books. To tell you the yeah. truth, he's always I've, been I've my read, yeah been my author Mr. as far Murder. as that goes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, what was your favorite Stephen King movie? I think it gets the edge over Pet Cemetery, but it's definitely it's almost a tie between those two because I grew up on Pet Cemetery and it. Those are the first two. Um... Because it scared the shit out of me. First of all, it's a clown. Mm. Just in the fact that, like, there's something living in the sewers and all that shit. And it's just down like, here. we all float. Yeah, I got to go Georgie. Down there. I'm just like, I go oh. down there all the time, yeah. No and, I, and that's, right? And that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, but that's a great story to have that group of kids have this, like, horrific event happen to them. And then to have, like, that evil laid dormant in the sewers and then years later like it all starts coming back and mm-hmm. the stories start coming back and they all have to go back to the town like I love that story you mean so like I sometimes they come back isn't that like uh, Dream I like that Catcher? movie too Dreamcatcher yeah. there's another yeah, Dream yeah that was that was another one that was um, fucking was that King or Coons that was King that was King, that was yeah, King. Dreamcatcher was King because that was that was the other one that yeah kind of runs that line too. They were all uh, as that kids and the special like, powers. The, the and, alien gets in through your butt and you fart a yeah, lot. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yes. what we're like. Yeah. Jason Lee, like the a shit weasel. A, they call it a shit weasel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah. you're possessed by an alien I, if you. Did fart you read a lot. the book? Oh, mm. books. Books really good. Um, favorite book. Favorite book. I haven't read a lot of King. I'm eventually. I think I'm going to start going back through them, like It and, and Salem's Lot and shit like that. But I think. Probably a recent one, uh, 112263. It's mm. a really good book. Because um, I, I have read that, Cell, uh, and a couple other ones, but 112263, I think. So we're saying Stephen King still is a mainstay of, like, you still read, people still read Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's the go to guy for horror. Uh, go to? Uh. I mean, it's a lot. It's really come along. It's a really fragmented at this point. Uh, I think you have because again, it's almost like with movies. Anybody can almost anybody can like publish a book at this Mm. point or get it out there at some point. Maybe not as wide as obviously as Stephen King can because you know he makes a book and it goes everywhere, good or not, at this point. And I mean, I don't know how many of his books that he's because he's still releasing a lot. Mm -hmm. um, How many are hitting on the levels that some of his older works have? But I know there's Doctor Sleep was like a a big deal when it came out. Right, sequel to The Shining. Yeah, well, Um, yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is there's still books? What's that? Bag of Buicks and uh, what's that one? Uh, from a Buick's, yeah, from a Buick's, from Buick's eight, 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 eight,
Let's well, see. It was like and, a and, car that like pooped out like uh, alien shit or something like that. I can't write yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, it. Gerald's it, game is good. Right. Dolores Claiborne's a good movie. Good yeah. guy. The list just keeps on keeps go. going. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, now he's got a bunch of them too that are going on, like on Netflix, like that uh, the one about the truck driver with Maria Bello in it. Uh, yeah, the good driver or something. Or there's something. a good marriage. There's that was a good marriage, yeah, and then there's yeah, another one. The dark like driver, full dark, no stars, or full. something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but. that's a king one too. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like the good marriage comes out, and it wasn't like a big deal. Like no. I remember that based on Gerald's game. When, no, it's a no, it's, it's a, a short story okay. in oh, yeah. in one of the collections. I think it's full dark, no stars. But I'm not sure, but uh, you know, it's like I guess that's what's kind of disappointing, and that's why I was thinking, like you know, is his star fading as far as you know? There's the hunger for putting out every single thing that he writes and turning it into oh, a movie. In the well, '80s, like- it was like you went to see. Every single fucking thing that you know that came out that would oh, that yeah, bore the his, name had his King. name attached. But to how it, many yeah. of us have seen Hearts in Atlantis? I mean, come on, I mean, no, that's what I thought. No, <laughs> Anthony nope. Hopkins, Nicole Kidman, yeah, Hearts in Atlantis. I know, th- I know it. Well, I have not seen it because that did not look like a movie I would want to see. <laughs> right, yeah, woo, no. Uh, but wait, I, uh, what was? Oh, that was fucking. What, uh, oh, uh, the uh, the success of this movie. That was the other thing. Like this was. Um, uh, I don't think this did very well when it came out. I don't think so. As far so. as I can remember. No. And as uh, if you didn't know, Stephen King admits himself this was he was coked out of his mind while making this movie, which might explain. Although it is like I look at it, it's still it's a competently made movie. Some shots look a little uh, uh, look a little like handheld amateurish when he's like in front of the trucks, you know, just. Yeah, but a lot of the credit to the cinematographer. Sure, which he may Armando Nazaruti or I don't know what I just butchered that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He may have. He's not listening. He may have like. He may have co-directed this movie, if you know what I mean. Since Stephen King was just. So do you think Stephen just sat in the chair and goes? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, we'll go with that. Oh, looks really good. Somebody hold my mirror. I got to check the shot. He's always had like these very like frank, uh, I think, forthright and frank passages like in his books where he talks directly to constant reader. Well, see, they talk about that in a documentary called American Scary. And they're talking about how, you know, in movies, they'll step outside the movie and they say, you know, the good authors like Stephen King, they'll do that. You know, they'll step outside and go, hey, kids, you know, that wasn't a good idea. So, I don't know who else, like, the devil. really did that. I mean, not the way that, I mean, because he was so proficient and all of his books pretty much had that, you know, prologue or whatever, preface, mm-hmm. where he would talk to you about, like, how the movie or how the story came about or, like, what was going on in his life at the time. You know, it, like, really gave me an insight into how writers work or at least him a little bit you know but the like thing his that writing I, was a little therapeutic almost well he says yeah i mean he says that he you know would would explain i guess he wrote books you know dance macabre and on writing about writing it you know the process of writing itself but the thing that uh you know that i thought was interesting was that i mean having read a lot of that early stuff and during this period he was very uh, forthright about his alcoholism, right? The, yeah. He suffered in the 70s, it sounded like, and then kind of – it sounded like he conquered that demon and he quit smoking. You know, he used to be a smoker. But what he doesn't talk about is the massive cocaine and drug usage. But this newer interview says that – like he doesn't even remember writing Cujo. <laughs> really? Can believe that. He's like oh. all those – he's like I can't even remember writing those books. Those are some of those early books. <clears throat> And I want to say he's, you know, he, he gives descriptions of like, you know, writing over a typewriter with uh, 
uh, Kleenex is shoved up his nose to stop the blood oh. from pouring out onto the paper. That and he was afraid that once he stopped doing drugs and getting drunk, that he would be unable to write. Right, he would just lose it. And so I, I guess there was a period of time where his his wife and kids basically said, like, "Look, this is it. Either you fucking clean your shit up, or you know, they poured all his shit out in front right. of him." And it was like, this is it. You're losing us or you're doing this. And so he quit. And I guess he said that uh, the worst thing that could possibly happen did happen. He couldn't write after, Ooh. you know, while he was sober. And he said sure. it was just, he had, it was like learning to write again or something. He said he had to do it, you know, one word at a time. And I think they said the first novel that he did sober was uh, Needful Things. So if you can figure oh, out... Needful right, Things! Oh, oh, needful yeah, Things! There's right. another one! I was gonna so that was shit. His, that was, his that was what that, I was trying that, to think of. That's, that fucking story is Salem's Lot. I mean, he has the same yeah. reoccurring you know, mm-hmm. themes. You've got the town under siege from the thing that moves in and corrupts an entire American town well, because of the their... Sun, it's the devil. Because of their, you know, who human nature is, he takes advantage of it and they all, you know, kill each other. I think that happens in the mist and, you know, a number of, you know, oh, absolutely not so much in this. Right. I mean, in this, I was like, has he ever had a religious character like who represents religion mm. that he doesn't mock in some way? Like spiritual <laughs> characters like uh, uh, who's the old black lady in the stand? Uh, grandma uh, someone or mama someone mother something mother abigail yeah 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 uh you know spiritual characters but she's not over the top the girl in the mist but if you represent like some kind of like you know because he's always going after baptists and pentecostals or lutherans you know like zombie goes after hillbillies well you think in silver bullet like the pre the priest is the bad or the reverend sorry he's not a priest he's the bad guy you know the werewolf spoiler sorry you just ruined that one (laughs) but uh, there's like these things that keep popping up in his movies this is uh, is turning into my wrap-up and we haven't done uh uh, igor's mailbag oh shit igor masters masters the mail i've got the mail so many letters our followers are rising rising well, thank you, Igor. Uh, we do have some messages, at least a message from uh, Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. Again, if you want to reach out and talk to us about this episode or anything else that we've done, and we appreciate you new listeners who are liking our pages and, uh, and, and Twitter. And comment if Twitter. you would actually type in Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. They Instead of just going to Facebook and searching for, yeah, us. they just I want to know if you do and that. they click like. Uh, we like that you do that, but you yeah. know you, you can talk to us too. Uh, yeah. Susan Darko says, uh, "I just watched this last week, and it's a classic talking about Maximum Overdrive." Uh, and we got a message from Travis. What? Yeah, that's right, Freak Show Travis. Okay, so who remembers? The short-lived Fox TV show was ABC with John Lovitz. It was a cartoon. It was called The Critic. The Critic. Yeah. You do a pretty good John Lovitz? No. No. You remember what I his, barely do a good me at this time of night. <laughs> you remember what his tagline was in that if you didn't like a movie? It oh. stinks. Yeah. There you go. That's Travis for you. Oh, boy. The comedy of John Lovitz. <laughs> He's summoning John Lovitz to oh give us boy. a... So he didn't like Maximum Overdrive. So if Travis was here... He would have been a no vote. Yeah. <laughs> He would have hated Maximum Murder. 
Well, right. and, and it's like anything else. I think it's if you grew up in that era, it's the things you cling to and that you care that you love. Because yeah. I mean, we went from that to your, you know, fourteen oh eight. So you know, I mean, it's it's a balance. Fourteen oh eight. That's <laughs> another one you mentioned. <laughs> Jesus, uh, working another way. Okay, so uh, wrap ups. I'm going to start. Um, uh, I want to say it's my third go around with this movie, having seen it some not in the theaters, but somewhere around its original release back then. I remember not being a fan of it because I remember thinking like more so I had this feeling now, I guess, than that. Then I was just disappointed it wasn't a horror movie. <laughs> this time around, you're sitting there going like this is a writer. Now we have writers making movies. Writers going and becoming directors. We, you know, we're talking about Bone Tomahawk. That's yeah. a, a guy who is a novelist who yes. wrote his first movie, and it's all about the characters and the dialogue. And you're like, this guy's a fucking genius because you know you can feel that kind of. He's making a novel on the screen. You got Quentin Tarantino, who's a writer who's come over and you know done uh, you know directs his own. Well, I guess he wasn't a novelist, but you know the idea that right, he, but he, he was a writer. Be, yeah, you know. He, oh sure, if, yeah. If he wasn't working in movies. That guy would be writing novels all sure. the time. Uh, Clive Barker was, a, I guess, in some ways a similar figure to mm. King, only because he was a horror novelist who made the jump to directing his own features because the stuff that was based on his fiction was so poorly done. Rawhead Rex and <laughs> what was the other one? Transmutations or something like that. It was something terrible that, you know, he was given a chance to direct and made three films, good or bad, varying quality, but at yeah. least, you know, they were more... He was, you know, I think more personally in the end product than the Stephen King movie. <laughs> King has called this a moron movie, <laughs> right? I remember an interview around the time he's like, you know, he was basically trying to say it's not pretentious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like I love moron movies. I love Return of the Living Dead when the you know, uh, oh, the the paramedics are like you know the zombies attack the paramedics and then like send more paramedics. He's like that's a great <laughs> moment and like you know it's not you don't have to be you know half awake even to follow these movies. Sure, just supposed to be fun. So it's like, okay, if you throttle back and you're like, you know, the movie starts off with a machine like calling there. a guy and yeah, I see. Uh, with a guy calling calling an, a guy asshole. an asshole. It's like, all right, so this is setting the tone. We know it's not going to be scary. And I think, you know, the younger me was disappointed that sure. that wasn't the fact. Uh, this time around, I'm like, you know, you've got, it's one of those like, it, it's a bad movie. Mm. Is it good enough to say like, you got to see it? Because I mean, the acting for the most part is it's either it's either poor or the characterizations are so broad that you know the the, the characterizations are poor. Um, it's a killer truck movie, damn it! But it is a killer truck movie. Oh, we didn't even say that. Like at the end, a fucking text crawl. Oh, basically yeah, the it's end the title fault card of a UFO. <laughs> a Russian Which was doing the broom. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. right? That's what. That's yeah. What so I was Emilio is a genius. <laughs> Billy is a genius. A genius. He You're right. He is Bubba. a genius. You're right. We end the movie with confirmation that Emilio Estevez is, in fact, a genius in this movie. Because in the last title card, it says a UFO, like some days later, a UFO was discovered and shot down by a Russian, like it describes as a Russian weather balloon, a weather weather balloon weather that happened satellite. to have a, uh, uh, a, laser. Ion, a laser cannon and yeah. nuclear warheads on yeah. it from yeah. Russia. Yeah. 
So this is a comedy. I mean, like it's, it's got totally, it. Yeah. it is. It is like it is the work of someone who's coked out of their mind. And it it's really just like, is. Don't worry, they're gonna go see it because it's got your name on it, Steve. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're safe. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think of your legacy, I made it right? Huh? You know, it's like there's so many other and better things that it seems like. I don't know. He always the the thing that about Stephen King uh, novels that never gets transmitted to the screen. Mm. Is he really does capture like the inner process of these people? Like you believe them when he sets them up. Right. He creates realistic, ordinary people in situations that could be like this w- novel would function as a drama, and then the supernatural shows up. Yeah, sometimes spooky, sometimes just silly as all fucking hell, and you're like, <laughs> what? There's a giant finger growing out of this guy's drain. You've seen that one? I can't remember what it was called, but a giant finger grows out of a drink yeah uh there's a haunted men's room sneaker okay um but he sometimes comes up with these just ridiculous fucking concepts that either sometimes kill it or uh you know the creepy ones i think actually nails it and it becomes like a you know thing so but that that's hard to translate what's going you know to make these realistic characters present in uh his movies Thing of riding the bullet, maybe, is one of the better ones to capture what it's actually like to read a Stephen King story because it uses narration and it jumps around in time and it feels more like you're reading a novel. But, uh, Green Mile, does it have, uh, are you just throwing out names? I'm just throwing We're out still that. We, gotta get well, there. we gotta like, get them all in there. We haven't mentioned it, so I'm <laughs> throwing it out there. <laughs> um, so yeah, would I recommend this? I don't know. I was entertained by the uh, amount of twisted metal. Uh, nobody. Okay. It's a video game. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't I have any connections. Sweet TV. Tooth. Oh, Go no. ahead. Yeah, that's a great game. <clears throat> All right. So that was kind of fun to watch, but it, it does get kind of boring watching these humans run around doing nothing. So whenever the trucks are killing people or smashing shit or blowing up, uh, you know, it's like, meh, it's a passable Saturday night kind of movie. Saturday bad movie night. Movie. Gary. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. A, a lot of King's writing to me, he, he, his descriptiveness and the way he brings the characters to life, you feel involved and, and the crossover and the different stories. And this story just doesn't seem to have any of that. I catch it with a lot of the other things. Like I said, the blue ribbon laundry and mangler, different things. I, I can, I remember the connections and feel that this movie, like, I don't know. I, he has so many great things out there. And then you look at this and opposed. He has some bad ones too, though. I, I like I said, fourteen oh eight. I am not a fan. I like the story. I like, in fact, I listen to it when I'm driving. I'll listen to the book on tape while I'm or whatever audio book on tape. Good God, <laughs> it's, it's a book. I'm old. It's a book. Okay? It's still. I mean, anyway. I know it's. it's you can call it whatever you want. What it's still, is tape it's still a book of? on tape. Yeah. It really yeah. is. <laughs> but anyway, so then you look at this and. It's a fun movie as far as, like you said, smashing up vehicles and just cool stunts, things like that. Uh, great acting? Not really. A lot of bit actors thrown together. Uh, they do their their part, their little parts here and there. Emilio Estevez, though, this is where he's all <laughs> over the map. He goes from his dad to Brando to Dean, back to him. And and it just, it just feels a little forced at times with him, I guess. <laughs> But is it the writing? But it's some of the. I don't think it's. The, I don't like, think it's the writing. I think that's a. There was nobody there to direct him. Yeah. Like, don't do Brando right it's now. It's like <laughs> it's like he looks up from her line. It's like Steve. What should I do? 
Yeah, whatever you want, man. Go I don't know. Do you want a line? Will a line help you get to remember writing this? Do a line. That'll help you. You want? Who wants lines? Yeah, lines. Oh no, not those, Steve. No. But I need no, my line. Lines? I mean, I do like the movie. I do have fun with it. That, that image of the truck with the green goblin, that's always been, you know, you remember that from childhood. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'd have to almost go with your recommendation. that If you want to have a fun time, get a bunch of people together like we do, you know, get together, watch it together, drink while you're watching it, and have fun with it. You know, nitpick a little bit. My biggest thing, like I said, some of the vehicles, questionable, you know. <laughs> But uh, I don't know the the girl and him that just seemed way too convenient, happened way too fast. You know, even for the eighties, that was pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at I, the eighties I mean, or so the many good old days. There's so many movies I, I I love more than this. You know, uh, he if you look at even the Stand by Me's things like that that aren't necessarily horror. You know, the characters are more, you get more involved. I didn't feel involved with any of the characters, really. I, Billy a little bit, I guess, but not, I didn't have, if they'd have whacked Billy 10 minutes into it, I'd have been okay with it, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, we've got that good, you know, Rebel Without a Cause. Just yeah. Like, oh, that look away. But you captured it, though, that look away, like, <laughs> no, I'm dirty, no. don't look at me. Don't look at me. Damn. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. do it. I just... I'm tainted. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to recommend it just because if you're a Stephen King completist and you want to see all of his works, you have to see this movie. Again, if you are a completist, you have to see this movie. Uh, That's like a project right there. Now that yeah. we're naming all these things. Yeah, oh, after yeah. all I mean, that. Really, don't watch that. That's, yeah. a, that's a good month worth of watching things. So we're in the list of like 30 to 50 odd Stephen King adaptations. 49. Ooh, that's not a recommendation. Let's see it eventually. Well, but it's still hey man, above 1408. 1408, 1408 is 50, so this is still oh, above man, that. I like Damn that movie. Uh, I don't know. It was I much couldn't. better than Matt. I like Cusack, but I don't like that movie. Uh, I like the story better. Uh, I, you know, he's got some really weird ones out there, I guess, that don't really translate for me. I'm trying to think of the bad ones. Bag of Bones was good for half of it, then it went to shit. Yeah, second, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the bad ones are like Rose Red. I thought Storm of the Century was bad. Storm of the Century the is The remake bad. of The Shining was bad. Okay, while we're on remakes, and I wanted to mention this during, yeah. and I almost forgot, but I want to bring it up in my wrap-up. They remade Sam Happiest Lock. remake that got that canceled bad. was the remake of It, where they were using yeah. the kid from, from Meet the we Millers. Are the Millers. We Are the Millers. Yeah, and yeah. Carrie Fukunaga was going to direct it, but the true fucking... Detective, from Yeah, from True Detective, uh, but the studio... Wanted uh, something. It sounded like inoffensive as far as making. This well, see, that's movie. another problem. Let's face it. With horror, that's the biggest problem we have nowadays. Is we try and make everything PG thirteen so mm. we can get a bigger audience, and, and we lose a lot of the good horror movies. You know. Yeah, that would have been a. I mean, just maybe it would have been shit, but I think it would have been a good movie. Kerry Fukunaga doing it. Oh, well, I was on in. The plus side, they are still talking about the Dark Tower. Yeah, there's been talking about the Dark Tower for fucking years. And the Stand, I think. I will. I I haven't read a book. I've read half of the first book. I I will be able to finish that series before they make that movie or miniseries or whatever it's going to end up being. Well, they're going to talk about that forever. So my official vote is: I would recommend the movie if you're a Stephen King fan. If you're not, don't don't waste your hour and whatever. Uh, I think the consensus is that Maximum Overdrive is a Saturday night movie. It is that movie you get together with your friends, you drink, and you watch, 
and you just you can ridicule it, you can enjoy some parts of it, but uh, you know I think I think you can enjoy it. Uh, obviously, you can't take it seriously. Like no. it's not a movie that allows you to do that in any way, shape, or form. Um, it does lull. There, there was a point in like maybe 45 minutes in where you're just like, oh, all right, we could snap it up a little bit, folks. This movie was an hour and 10 minutes. It probably would have been fantastic. But uh, I think it is. Get together with friends, drink, watch this movie. I think that's the best way to enjoy it. And I think you should. I think you should do that. Get your friends together, drink, and watch Maximum Overdrive. And put in your own dialogue. Definitely. <laughs> Sit there, talk about it. I think you can enjoy this movie. And I, for that, I recommend it. Were you having the best day of your life until every goddamn machine on the planet went into maximum? <laughs> I was. I really fucking was. And then, goddammit. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Maximum Overdrive on this week's Saturday Night Freak Show. Uh, next week, Brent will be back, and he is picking The Beach. I'm assuming this is the Leonardo Leo DiCaprio. DiCaprio Beach. So is there a oh. theme here? It's two Leonardo DiCaprio movies. He's really itching for Leo to get the Oscar. I think, I think so. I think Revenant. it's. I think it's just like I'm threatening to show Leo movies until he gets an Oscar. <laughs> oh, okay. Or it's That's the year right. of Leonardo DiCaprio. Do we have? We have enough movies to make that stretch. That's all right. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got. Yeah, yeah he's got plenty. Sure. Like he's got enough Scorsese movies to make it to the right. end of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's uh, next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show, and until then, the basement is going dark.